Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Mainly Celtics. Got Matt Money here. Nolan will be joining us in a little bit. Um, rough week, Matt. Terrible week. Yeah, I mean, just overall, this West Coast road trip wasn't good. It didn't look as bad when we talked last week. And it was just one and one, and we just, like, shit-stomped the Portland Trailblazers. But losing three in a row is certainly not good, especially the circumstances behind losing those. I don't think any team, um, I mean, possibly the Lakers, you could probably consider the Lakers a full strength just because they did have their stars, but with the two stars of the other teams being out and dropping both games to the Suns and the Clippers, like that's just, uh, that's not what good teams do. So. No, not at all. Um, before we jump into the recap, you said that you had a little bit to talk about. We um, can talk a little bit about Dennis Schroeder here. Um, as everyone knows, <clears throat> he missed out on a big money contract last year, looking to prove himself and signed with the Celtics. Um, given the current state of things in Boston, um, you brought up the fact, Matt, that he's a prime trade candidate, um, along with some of the trade exceptions that Brad has accumulated this offseason. Um, care to elaborate a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, like, this season, I believe we're, what, one game under 500 right now? Yep, 13-14. Mm-hmm. And we'd be lucky, honestly, by the way that they're playing right now, to stay – to be at 500 by the end of December, which is just, like, it's not good. Um, obviously, Jalen's been out for a long stretch of games. He hasn't really played a whole lot this year, so it's really hard to fully evaluate the team. But if we're at the point where we're not going to be contending or even close to contending for a championship or even contending for, like, a top four seed and looking like a team that can actually do some damage and at least win a round, which is right now I would not say we're a team that could win a seven-game series against most teams at the top of the East. Um, I think it's time. I think Dennis Schroeder is probably the most likely to be traded just based on his contract situation, um, the, the probably the slim chance we have a chance to re-sign him next year. Yeah, and just he can provide a lot for another team, especially as a sixth man. Like we've seen him provide a lot with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just with Dennis Schroeder, like obviously his offense has been needed, and his offense has been like pretty good, right? Like you'd say his contributions have been good. Oh yeah. Um, Overall, for the team though, it has not been very good because if you look at our starting our starting lineup of our, our original starting lineup of what should have been Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, and Rob. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, our net rating for that lineup was about 19.6 plus 19.6. So we're about, about 20 points, about 19, 20 points better on uh, per 100 possessions with those guys on the court than the other team. Um, if you just replace Jalen with Schroeder, which is what we've been playing with for most of this stretch without Jalen, um, that number goes from 19.6 to our starters, so I believe negative 18.6. So just a huge difference. That unit isn't playing well. And that was something like I really – I think we both talked about to start the year with be like, okay, can we do this with having four non-shooters on the court with Jason Tatum? Mm-hmm. We were kind of hoping that Al would do a little bit better than he has been this year. Al has been a poor three-point shooter this season. But – that unit just has not been good. And a lot of it's been the lack of three-point shooting and it really jams up the paint and makes it tougher for, for Tatum to really do anything with the basketball. Absolutely. The three-point shooting this year has just been 
it's been the biggest cause of concern from the get-go, honestly. <clears throat> I mean, how many games have we seen, Matt, uh, where the the guys get out to a two-for-16 start? I Oh, yeah, a lot. A lot, you know, like two-for-16. They, they shoot 0-for-9 from three in the first quarter, and they end up scoring 14 points, and they're down 33-14 to 14 after one. Like, how many times have we seen that? How many times have we seen – free throws, not getting to the line, not shooting enough free throws, and not making your threes. Make or miss league, and all these misses and non-attempts at the free throw line combined with one of the poorest shooting teams I've seen in a long time is just not a recipe for success. And we'll talk about it in a minute, but this gauntlet of teams that the Celtics have to play in December you're spot on, Matt. Like there's, I, there's little doubt in my mind that this Celtics team will be under 500 at the end of the month. Um, like after, after we uh, lose three in a row to the Lakers, Clippers, Suns, all we have up next is the Bucks, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Sixers. You know, like they'd be lucky to win one of those games, don't you think? Like. I mean, that's definitely nothing easy, especially, like, I don't know when Jalen plans on returning, but if Jalen's going to be out, that's going to be tough. I mean, I think the Bucks got off to kind of a slow start this year, but they seem to be playing a little bit better. They've obviously adjusted to playing without Brooke Lopez. I believe they're getting Dante DiVincenzo back. Were they getting back yesterday or today? Um, um, unsure, but, yeah, they're sitting at 17 and 10 right now. I mean, they get – I think they were 500 like a couple of weeks ago, but yep. they've started to figure out how, like how to play without, like I said, without Brooke Lopez playing a lot more minutes, to be honest, center. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, they're getting DiVincenzo back, which will certainly help. He played a huge role from last year during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the just, Warriors. Who's... Yeah. Warriors are good at basketball. They're getting clay and Wiseman back. I think pretty soon. Right. Within, <clears throat> within the month or within the next month and a half. So I think we're getting close. Hopefully, hopefully we don't have those guys. But I mean, even without those two guys, they've been mm. dominant this year. Twenty-one and four. Twenty-one and five. Yeah. Twenty-one and five. Now did they lose last night? They must have. Oh yeah, they did. They lost to the Sixers. Um, but even then, like they're on the pace Sixers to win. Like are, the Sixers are seven and two over their last nine. Like. Yeah, the Sixers are playing well. Yeah. I mean, we play like you said. We play the Bucks twice. That's why I mentioned them. Like we play them what next, and then we play them again on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, so that's – it's just, like, it's a gauntlet of a schedule. Like, we need to obviously win some of these games. Um, and it really sucks because this West Coast road trip, looking at it to start the year, like, this looks like it's going to be a real difficult road trip. But when you have the Lakers playing as poorly as they have this year, mm-hmm. which was kind of unexpected, um, you play the Clippers, who are without Paul George, and, of course, without Kawhi, and then you get the Suns without DeAndre Ayton or Devin Booker. You're like, okay, well, we should be able to win, like, at least two of those three games. Yeah, and instead we come away with with none of those. That that makes it very tough. Um, and BJ yeah. Boston, the guy we see uh, the Celtics pass on, goes. I know, and I really wanted him too. That yeah. was the reason why. Like, I really liked BJ Boston, but oh, alas. Um, alas. No, what else? We, uh, <laughs> I know. I just made that. Just saw. Like, I know it was tough to find a roster spot for him, but I was like, I don't know. Like. Like so many times we see situations like that where guys um, 
mean, we see Romeo. He obviously hasn't become the star we'd hope Romeo would be, but you see a lot of times you see guys that were like the top five in their draft or top five in their recruiting class. They have a bad freshman year. They come up for the draft anyways. Their draft stock falls. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with Kentucky, like tons of guys do that at Kentucky. Absolutely. Like we see that a lot where guys, they're projected to be like a top, top five, top 10 pick, and they have bad freshman years because they have a lot of talent on their team. It's hard for them to be able to find a role for themselves or they're kind of not playing their typical roles, maybe being like a lead ball handler or something like that. And they right. struggle in that secondary tertiary role because there's so much talent around them. Um, and now BJ Boston, I'm pretty sure he's been, he's just been lighting up the G league. And obviously he was able to light up the Celtics the other day, but um, no, I think with the Strutter trade though, going back to that, I don't think it's, we're in any sort of rush to make that trade. I think that's probably something we do towards the deadline. If it's still not looking good, I don't think we're in any rush to move them. Um, it'd be cool to get some value out of them, but at the same time, we only played $5 million for them. I definitely think he will value at the deadline if we if we don't turn around by then. Absolutely. And like we said. And I don't think that he could be traded until December 15th anyways. Um, yeah. Because of what's the what's the rule where you uh, – It's the recently traded restriction. I mean, recently yeah. signed restriction. Yeah. But that's also – I mean, today's what, the 13th? 12th? Is it 12th? 13th. Yeah. So, I mean, that's this – what, this Wednesday? Yeah, would be the would be the fifteen. So that's not that wouldn't be too far in the distant future. But I still think they'll probably wait close to their deadline to see what type of team, whether or not we should be buyers or sellers at the deadline. Absolutely. But um, no, I mean, and just looking at teams though, like I think obviously, ideally, we'd want to get like a lottery protected first. Would be I think decent value for Schroeder. Mm-hmm. That'd be hopefully if you ask. I mean, if you just look at the teams, though, like how many teams need like a backup point guard real bad? Like I don't think the Nets really need one. Um, the Bucks don't. Bulls, I'd probably say no. Probably not. Um, Miami, maybe. I don't think the I don't think the Cavs would um, want to do that. The Sixers, once again, I can't think of the Sixers' backup point guards right now. It's not still McConnell, is it? No, McConnell no. had meniscus surgery for the. Oh right. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but. Yeah, either way, I don't think they want another smaller guard on their team. Um, no, there's just not a lot of real teams I can think of that really need, like, a backup point guard that are also in the position to really want to make a push for the playoffs. Um, maybe the Knicks, but I think the Knicks saw the disaster, what happened with Kemba, just another small point guard that – that uh Doesn't fit – I don't know. Doesn't fit Tom yeah, Tom's roster. Yeah, that obviously was a disaster. So – so I don't know. It might be it might be hard to move him to the deadline, but I still think he should have some value for some teams. Especially, we'll just wait and see. Like another teams, like either star backup point guard goes down. I don't. Know, I think what one does. I mean, even the Nuggets really like in the Western yeah, conference. Like I don't think that. I don't think that would be a bad team for him to fall on either. But really depends what teams are looking for at this time. I'd tr- I'd take Bull Bull. Yeah, I mean honestly. He's just getting buried on on the Denver's bench. Well, I don't realize how bad Denver's doing. I thought they were a little bit better. They're 500 as well. They're 30th they're, in rebounds, which is crazy. That was uh, one of the stats I was going to bring up for the Celtics in this these runs, the last couple of games, the rebounding numbers. Yeah, they're bad. Um, bad, bad. Um, I want to kind of go in. I mean, 
we can go into the stats like of the overarching just of the games before we go into the recaps. Mm-hmm. But I have some numbers specifically for Rob. Um, Rob, this past three games was just absolutely horrendous. Like I obviously, if you've listened to more to more than like one episode, you know that I'm like one of the biggest Rob fans in the world. But like he was just he was just absolutely flat out terrible this week. Yeah. Like he like just bad. Like he had 22 minutes per game. He had nine points, five boards, 2.3 turnovers, only one block a game, and he had a negative 17.7 uh, plus minus over the three games. Yeah. So nine, on average, one of 20 against the Lakers. Um, let me find the Clippers. Yeah, I mean minus that's just 20. Yeah, he was just horrendous. Like all three games, minus, and seven. they were getting bullied. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was awesome to see him catch a couple lobs over Anthony Davis, but those were his only real highlights for the whole week. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just brutal. Like minus seventeen point seven. Like most team wasn't very good, but most team was around like negative seven to like not like. Obviously, we lost all three games, so we're not gonna have a ton of guys with like great plus minuses. But most guys weren't weren't quite in that range that Rob was. Yeah. Um. Just. Overall, I mean, you kind of talked about how the like we get killed on the boards. Also, just like defensively, we get killed in the paint and a lot of like effort and hustle stats. I mean, for the season, just to put it kind of in perspective, um, points off turnovers. Uh, typically, the opponent scores fifteen point seven points per game off points off turnovers, twelve points a game off second chance points, and forty three point seven points in the paint. All three of those numbers were up over this three game stretch, and most are pretty significant. So it was 20.7 points per game over this three-game stretch, 15.7 second chance points, which isn't a huge jump. But then about a jump of 10 points per game at 53.3 for points in the paint over the last three games. So, like, the teams are just going in at will. And, like, that's where you think, especially Rob, like, that's going to be his strength to be able to protect the paint. And they just got absolutely abused in there. And we see that also the the slight decline in Al's defensive numbers from the start of the season to now. I mean, it's catching up to him. How old is Al Horford? 36? He's 35, 36. That sounds right. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, Al was very effective uh, over the stretch. Like, I'll bring up Al. Because of Rob having – Rob only played 22 minutes a game, which is, like, way below what he'd, what he'd been playing most this year. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, Al and his minutes had 9.6.3 boards, four assists a game, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he did only shoot 15% from three and 36% from the field. So he's not really a very efficient offensively. No, that's um, but he did, he, he did provide a lot on the defensive end because the Celtics were only a negative, negative 1.3 points per game or no, sorry, negative 1.3 plus minus like he only had negative 1.3 plus minus, uh, over these, this three game stretch. Mm-hmm. So they were about even with him on the court and losing three games and two of which weren't necessarily very close. Um, that was huge. Absolutely. When you drop three games, and he was just able to kind of hold the water, like or keep it steady for the most part when he was in. Yeah. But yeah, overall, just just a bad week for the Celtics. Very much so. It, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tate. Go ahead. Like, I think the one, the one, the one plus I'd see is I think Tatum played pretty well in the week. He averaged twenty nine point or yeah, twenty nine points. 8.3 boards, 2.7 assists on 48, 38, 71 shooting. Like he was pretty effective in his minutes, but really just like I was looking across the board at like three point percentages, and there's a lot that were in like the ten, the teens and like single digits. Yeah. 
just which is just so bad. ugly. Yeah, like I, I I said it earlier. There's this is one of the worst three point shooting teams I've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah, we just need someone to help fix that, and that's why it's like like Neesmith didn't play a ton. I don't think this week. But, like, I don't know. I think freeing up some minutes for Neesmith and Pritchard, which would happen if we were just to trade shorter for a pick. Yeah. Or even, like, a couple second-round picks. Like, that would free up some minutes for them because I think this team might benefit just by having more spacing on the court. And that would open up a lot more minutes for those guys because I think Schroeder on the week shot 18% from three. Yeah. And then Marcus Smart shot 8% from three on the week. Oh, my like God. Eight. Like, single-digit eight. So, that's, like – when you don't have any other guys that can shoot besides Tatum, it makes it really tough for him to do anything else but shoot because teams are just going to sag off. They're just going to play in, they're just gonna play in the paint and force Tatum to give the ball up to one of those guys in the corners. And if they're not making a pay, then they're just going to keep doing it. So exactly. um, it's going to make it very difficult to, to bounce back um, without, without, a chip, without at least a little bit of a lineup shakeup, I think. And maybe that's just getting Jalen back and having Jalen shoot like 38% from three. Like maybe which, that's enough. Yeah, which is absolutely on par with his start to the season. Yeah, and it, that very well could happen. But at the same time, it – I mean, right now, just these games are just brutal to watch. It's one thing when we're winning these close games, and it's like, okay, this game's like just extremely ugly, but at least we're winning. Like when we're losing games and we're scoring 80 points, like that's just flat out flat out bad yeah um so do you want to get into the game recaps now yeah um starting with the lakers um my one takeaway from this lakers game um i talked about it just a little bit earlier um was the rebounding numbers um so the celtics shot um a better three-point percentage by by uh, 0.7%, 30.3 to 29.6. Um, I mean, the Lakers are also a very terrible three point shooting team for the yeah. most part, but the Lakers shot eight of 27 from three and also only took 17 free throws when the Celtics took 29. Um, they only shot 20 of 29, um, which ends up to 69%, which is pretty cool. Um, but the numbers I wanted to look at were uh, rebounding. Seven offensive rebounds for the Celtics, not a single offensive rebound from any bench player, um, versus 13 offensive rebounds with the Lakers. Uh, defensively, uh, 27 rebounds for the Celtics, 38 defensive rebounds for the Lakers. I mean, that's the game right there. They lost, they lost by 15. There's... Uh, six, I guess. I mean, yeah, there's six offensive, six offensive rebounds more from the Lakers. Like, it's the game, like, the, the game is lost right there. Are the rebounding numbers 34 to 51 is the total rebound numbers. Like, just literally everything else is very, very similar 27 assists to 25 Celtics Lakers. I mean, uh, eight steals to seven steals four blocks to four blocks. It's all, the, it's like, that. those were the numbers that stood out to me. It's just rebounding. And I don't, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, terrible night, minus 21. I mean, this was when Rob uh, was a minus 20. 
um, over 25 minutes, which is mind-boggling to, to see a, a guy that is so good at defense usually just be – to see those numbers of minus 20 and 25 minutes. I mean, Anthony Davis plus 17, LeBron James plus 18, Russell Westbrook plus cool. 11. Even kind of looking into it, like, it seemed like being in the game, I know, obviously, the Lakers uh, during this game, they were able to – the Celtics set off to – it was somewhat close in the first half. Like, Celtics obviously had a pretty good first quarter. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like even a tail of two halves, mostly because we saw in the beginning, I think you even mentioned, like, Rob was, like, catching lobs over Anthony Davis. I think yeah. Grant, like, blocked him one time at the rim. Yep. And Anthony Davis was looking real poor, like headed into half. I think he had some really bad numbers on pulled in front of me, headed into halftime. Yep. But then the second half came around, and that's when Anthony Davis just started grabbing rebounds, started punishing the other team. Uh, Rob became very ineffective, especially when they went double big and really just kind of bullied Rob by the paint. Rob, Rob is a smaller guy. like He does struggle with these bigger, more physical teams, and it, it's kind of odd that we were able to do better with Grant on the court as opposed to Rob, even with that size, just because we were able to stretch him out a little bit. But, um, no, this team, yeah, the physicality, like, just the, the Lakers obviously are a big team. They have a – they're able to run a really big lineup a lot of the time. Yeah, and the Celtics the really just struggled. Like, guys like Rob, they need to be better, though. Like, he can – obviously, he can be better than this. He's shown in the past that he's been able to be a tenacious rebounder. Yeah. And you can't be getting – can't be getting bullied off the block by bigger guys. So, he's going to have to figure that out going forward. Absolutely. Um what oh shit what was i gonna say i had something i mean it's go ahead yeah i mean tatum like i said i think he was one way didn't he have something crazy like 16 points in the first quarter or something like that he had the first 14 points for the celtics yeah and and he played like he played well over i mean you're looking at his final numbers he played well like 34 points he obviously in the second half didn't really dominate as much as he did in that first quarter yeah but at the same time, like, he needs a little bit more contributions from other people. I think looking at the stat, like, overall they shot 10 of, of 33 from three, and he shot five for seven. So it's like the rest of the team shot, what, five, five for 26? And four of those came in the first quarter in that 14-point run. He was five for five to start the game and four for four from three. Yeah. And, first, and another thing – first two minutes, so – And another thing they – because because we played him earlier in the year, and another thing I thought they did really well the first time around was how they defended uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Or am I looking at that? Um, yeah, my next that was my next point. Westbrook finally had a good fucking game, of course, against us. Yeah, team. and like the whole point was okay, just keep him out of the paint. Like obviously, if you want, if you see Russell Westbrook um, taking a bunch of shots, like that's you're you're okay with it. Yeah. Um, if he's getting in the paint, which he was doing like fairly regularly then that becomes an issue and we just can't have that happen. Like that's going to be on raw. That's going to be on the, on the guards. Like you've got to be smarter than that. Like Russell Westbrook is pretty one dimensional. And if you're allowing him to get to the paint, he's going to get success. He's going to be successful. But if you're able to keep him out of the paint, then he's going to struggle. Like it's, it's just that simple. And obviously he's a talented, he's a talented athlete and it's easier said than done, but still they just got to do a better job of doing that. Absolutely. Um, did you just get the uh, Woj treat tweet? No, what's going on? Uh, the Bulls have another guy. Uh, Zach Levine's going into COVID protocols. They probably yeah, that's tough. They're getting fucked. There's up. a lot. Yeah, I think like over half their teams in COVID in health and safety right now. 
them and like the Hornets are another team that's got a lot in there. But yeah. no. And then like and our stars also got pulled early because we did have a back to back against the Clippers. So mm-hmm. you'd think that they'd come out, they're getting a little extra rest. Um, they come out, they play a Clippers team that is without Paul George, obviously without Kawhi. They're a team that you would hope in this situation that and the Celtics, like, obviously they are coming off the back-to-back. They didn't play nearly as much as they normally do, so you think they'd be somewhat better rested than they typically would on a back-to-back. And you'd think they'd play with some pride and be able to come out and really, like, punch this Clippers team in the mouth. But instead, they get just absolutely dominated by Brandon Boston Jr., a guy who's the 51st overall pick, a guy who we selected or we passed on and instead decided to get a draft and stash player that averaged, like, four points a game and wherever he's from. So it's it, it's really, really a tough look. Very, very tough. Um, I mean, I'm looking at, the, looking at some numbers here. Uh, the Naismith scored with – 750 left in the second uh and the that the score was 37 35 the Celtics did not sniff the lead since then I mean going from like you're only base you're basically going a, a like a quarter and a half into a game and then not being close to tying it the closest they got looking at the trend here was six points uh with a couple minutes left in the third and then they go on this tear at the end at the end of the quarter uh, at the end of the fourth with like two minutes left they were down by nine and get it all the way back to a three-point game and i mean like you, you you can't win games when you like just flounder starts when you have a guy like jason tatum go for 29 when you give up let a rookie score 27 you know um you you can't win games like that where you have to just try to fight and claw your way back especially for with a good game from tatum i mean how many times we, we wasted three good games from tatum this week you know yeah it, it's tough like you think like it's so weird too because like we're such a good defensive team and i know a lot of that like some of the defensive numbers have been with Jalen in the lineup obviously Jalen's a huge upgrade defensively over dennis schroeder but yeah. just our defense was awful. Like it wasn't even just like we were bad for what we are. We were just bad in general. Like we were just a poor defensive team this whole this whole West Coast road trip. Because we kind of talked about last week how I wasn't really concerned. I was like, okay, well, you had the Jazz just got really lucky. Like they just had an incredibly hot night. Hard to stop that. And we were like, okay, well, the Blazers, like I'm not concerned about the defense because it was lackadaisical. Like we had a huge lead. Didn't really matter. But now I'm looking back at those games, and I'm a little bit more concerned because of the trend. Like we've we've allowed what like a hundred, we allowed like a hundred plus points every single game this series, and like a lot of them were teams were just running up on us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we need to figure it out. We need to get back to the identity that they had early on in the year, because obviously that was when we were winning games, when we were beating teams not like ninety to eighty-seven. Like so that's the kind of game we need to get back to we need to kind of slow it down we need to be more physical we need to really pride ourselves on the defensive end i think that'll be the key to success absolutely you're you're spot on i mean it's going to be hard to do uh against the bucks and the warriors coming up uh to start yeah, season, yeah well, no doesn't doesn't get any easier so i mean no. we'll kind of lead into it because i mean we had another opportunity squandered like without two of their three best players. I mean, it depends on where you consider McHale. Uh, yeah, McHale Bridges, like, 
he might be the third best player, depending on what you think of he, he and Aiden. But either way, you're missing two starters in DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker. Um, you, you let JaVale McGee manhandle you. Yeah, I mean, JaVale McGee was incredible. He played the best game I've seen him play in years. Like, he was just making hook shots. He was dunking on people. He was getting lost on switches. It was just – and like I said, like, it was a lot was on Rob. Rob didn't play very well on him. But at the same time, like, just the whole defensive unit wasn't playing well. Because a lot of times it was him just getting, like, just miscommunication somewhere, and he was just slipping free. And Chris Paul was just – or whoever was just throwing the ball over the top to him and just being able to, to – it to him and then Chris Paul was dominating with the mid-range game it seemed like for for a stretch there yeah I mean 10 points 12 assists from Chris Paul he only took nine shots like was efficient moved to the ball yeah it's a classic classic ball game yeah and that's what I'm saying like they were able to get the Celtics confused they were able to get easy looks a lot of times and that's why the Celtics got 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 pretty much I mean they got stomped it was 21 point game and they got it. Wasn't really a game that, yeah, and it felt even felt even worse than that, right? For the most part, so I don't know. They need to just reconvene. Hopefully, they get some tough wins. Maybe they'll get some more injury luck. Hopefully, they can take advantage of it if that's the case. Yeah. Hopefully, Jalen Brack, Jalen Jalen Brack, Jalen Brown is back and healthy soon because it's looking like we really need him in order to be a successful team. No, no doubt they're which, which doesn't. But at the same time, it doesn't lend well. Like, if we're playing without Jalen Brown and we're losing to other teams that are without their second-best player, then that just makes us look like a, a non-serious contender. Like, that's what this team looks like at this point in the season. So something definitely is going to need to change if the Celtics want to make any sort of playoff run. Absolutely. It is nice. The Celtics play tomorrow, Monday, Monday um, and then not again until Friday, which um, – should give time for some little R and R, a little back to the drawing board um, for Ime and all these guys. I mean, Ime hasn't looked great, um, but no one's looked great outside of Tatum, which is just a sad thing to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird because like uh, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, there's been two years in a row where I feel like our talent just isn't matching the production that's on the court like we we have guys two all-star players we have a guy like Al Horford who's I think been playing above what people expected him to play same with Richardson same with Schroeder same with Marcus like Marcus Smart's just been Marcus Smart for the most part and it's just not resulting in wins so I don't really know what it is I would typically blame the coach if that's the case it's all his talent there's different coaches last year like we struggled last year with Brad so yeah right at some point, I don't know if it's just chemistry, if it's just a fit issue. So hopefully that all gets figured out within just within sometime soon. Yeah, by the end of the month, it would be nice, you know, like to go into the new year, play well on Christmas, rejolt jolt the team. I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people say the NBA season starts on Christmas Day. Like, so it wouldn't be out of the question for the Celtics to turn it around in, in January. but. Doesn't look like it will at the. Current. But they also can't dig themselves into too big of a hole. Absolutely, like they'll have no chance to turn around if they're already like five games under five hundred by, by January first. So yeah, they'll right. need to figure it out soon. You're telling me, Matt. Okay. Well, do you have any more thoughts or something? Something else you want to add? 
Uh, not really. I just saw uh, nine bulls in the protocol now. That's just, tough. I don't, just I don't know how they're going to be able to play games. They have to postpone games. I would assume. I don't know uh, what the deal – I haven't heard anything about it. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. We gotta, I got to look more into that, but. Yeah. Uh, oh. Did you watch any of that uh, F1 race last night, yesterday? Nope. Do no. not watch. Not a fan of that. Really? No. It's a really cool. I, I just do not care about people racing cars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zach Levine expected to oh i mean everybody fucking isn't wasn't damar isn't i mean they'll probably get some other guys back because i feel like they've had guys out for like already like a week so i think like once you pass like a certain yeah or time exposed got to get two negative tests in a 24 hour yeah so i'm sure i'm sure they'll start getting some guys back but okay well if we have nothing else then i'll see you next week hopefully the celtics can get some much needed wins this week Absolutely. Get get back to get at least, right. uh, hopefully get back over 500. You'd like to think, huh? Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, peace out, dude. All right, see you, buddy.